Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? Welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. I can't wait to talk to you about, talk with this next expert, uh, next expert, who's an author, who's, you know, once she started sharing her story about everything else, it was amazing. And we're just gonna, you're gonna love her, and we're gonna make sure we know about the power of feelings. So, I'd like to welcome Amy. Amy, how are you doing today? Good, David. Oh, that was a sweet introduction with the business called Language of the Heart. You just opened up the heart big time for me. So I'm excited to be here too. hear about you. You know, it's going to be a shift. I'm used to being the one answering the questions, but let's talk and see where we go. I love talking about the language of the heart or how people navigate their lives in a heartfelt way. And that's, that's what I'm all about. Well, that's what it's all about. I mean, I, you know, that's how I, I, we found each other on uh, Facebook and, you know, anything that's related to heart, because I always talk about the heart and things like that. I, it just piques my interest and it really fits into the program and the idea of what our podcast is about. So I was like, oh, this, and it looked interesting, <laughs> you know, that you're working with young children and yes. you, you put out some books and some programs and and, 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 we can do so many ands, but and, also and, and. some, and some toys, some, you know, instructional toys. So I'd love to, how'd you find out about it? So you always knew you had a heart, but oh, right. how, how did you, you lead how'd into you that? Your, how do you find your heart or yeah. how did I develop the toys or the tools? You know, that's a wonderful story because today, 30 years into my career, I'm a nationally endorsed infant and mental health mentor, clinical it's called. So that's that's quite the icing on the cake compared to my first realization that I needed more tools than graduate school had prepared me for. And I was working with this little boy named, I call him Freddie. His name isn't really Freddie. He's probably a grown up now. And he was riding his bike with his tricycle, you know, with his training wheels on it up and down the sidewalk in front of his house. I was an in-home therapist, one of the, my first jobs straight out of graduate school. And you know, basically you get your graduate degree and, and say, there, go help people. And the parents of this little guy and his sister were involved with child protection. And I was part of a grant designed to help everything get safer. And for this child to stay home and his parents to be safer. And they were arguing and doing unsafe things. And here this Freddie was caught in the crossfire and he stopped talking and he got kicked out of preschool. You know, so what do you do? I go into the home. I'm working with the parents, helping them calm down, making a little bit of progress. But then I'm like, what about Freddie? He's just all bottled up. So I'm walking with him and he's furiously riding his his bike with training wheels up and down the sidewalk. I bet that it was a tricycle when I think about it, because he (laughs) would be five. So tricycle and and not talking. And he had gotten kicked out of preschool. So I'm shooting in the dark and I'm like well maybe you were upset or maybe you were this or maybe you were that and finally I start labeling what I now today call the five basic feelings you you know primary colors five basic feelings maybe you were mad maybe you were sad he yells at me I don't have feelings and I never will well I felt totally 
at a loss. I went home, I cried, I doodled, and the My Feelings toys were born. So that was the birth of my first prototype, which was kind of a weird um, foam pillow with some feeling faces inside. And now today is the puppets you see behind me. The listeners don't see them, but they're huggable, lovable pillow puppets that you can put on your hand, but also say a teaching phrase like sad helps me let go. Mad helps me say no. So children not only play with the toy, they learn from the toy. And then I have a little bag where the feelings come out. I have cookie cutters coming in a week. I'm so excited about them. So you press down on the Play-Doh and uh, away you go. So um, these are tools when children can naturally point, touch, you know, their brains are not developing to have much language. You and I could talk all day about feelings in the heart, but children have such a limited language at three, four, and five, they need show and tell. So these are toys where they can show and tell. So they're feeling something. I remember when I was first working with my prototype and my friend came over with her son and he kept saying, mom, can we go? Mom, can we go? Mom, can we go? Well, I had the toys on the, on the, coffee table and he took the mad one and he started smashing it to bits on the table and I'm like I think he really wants to go (laughs) (laughs) so it's the show rather than tell you know when I talk about kids it's how do we nurture their spirits well it's so much more important than managing behavior so I teach parents a lot you're still going to manage behavior but you're going to do it by nurturing their spirit yeah, and I think from listening to you that it's so it's so difficult to talk about talk, right? So even as adults uh, and children, can you imagine their their feelings, their emotions, and their able to coping are, are much different than an adult. Hopefully, the adult can handle it better, but it, it, it's sometimes difficult to talk. So, like you had said, where we all could talk about our feelings, and unfortunately, not everybody can. And isn't this, that true? Yeah. Yeah. Or as adults, you know, we hear people, well, I really feel that. And then they make a statement that's really more of a belief. So even as adults, we get so far away from the basics. You know, the basics are my husband and I had this this morning. He put this glue gun on the kitchen counter and he was going to fix something right there on the kitchen counter. And we just redid our kitchen. So we have a new countertop. And I said, don't put that on the countertop. And he interpreted it as I didn't trust that he knew what he was doing. And I said, no, I just don't want you doing it in the kitchen. It it makes me angry. And he says, well, sometimes you have to be angry. So there it is. We were done. But once you get to the emotion, there's not that big of a conflict. You got more clear. You, As adults, we argue so much about our, our stance, what we believe to be true. But if we just say the feeling, we understand each other much better. I'm going to get something behind me and show you something a five-year-old taught me once called the emotion sandwich. So I met this little girl. She got sent to the principal's office and I was embedded in a school some years ago and she kicked somebody and, you know, she's showing her emotion emotions right maybe not very well but she certainly didn't know how to talk about them so she came into my office and these are the minis you can't see them listeners but they're little palm shaped feeling faces that each have a unique shape so scared is like a ghost and sad is like a teardrop so it intuitively makes sense to a child mad is like a fire or a star shape and then you know love is the heart 
So she takes the mad one and beats up the sad one. And I make a guess. I said, you don't like your sad feelings. She beats it up some more. (laughs) So I'm on the right track. I'm thinking, well, then she just really teaches me so much because she piles them up. And she shows me mad on top, sad, scared, happy, and love on the bottom. And she says, I'm having an emotion sandwich. Well, who hasn't? (laughs) You know, then she explained it to me. I said, well, how does that work? I'm mad on top. She kicked that girl. She's sad because her mom yelled at her that morning. She was scared. She had to go to foster, might have to go to foster care. And that was a very real thing. And so we played a game with happy. And at the very end, I kid you not, in one hour session, she pulled on the love one and she said, when these other ones talk, you know, when she talks about them or shows and tells about them, this one gets bigger. So she had more room for love. All of her bad feelings were on the top and her good ones were stuck to the bottom. Now that is so profound if you ask me it's incredible that's why you know really out of the mouths of babe i mean that's when you know i don't know how much you've uh, looked back at me uh, but the the word cluberty i had come up with but that's exactly what i went through as an adult to unpack all of the feelings i had throughout the events in my life and you start thinking about okay why am i sad here and what is it affecting me now and it did affect me i mean uh, uh, yeah you know so, yeah, it, so it's you- it's you travel really... back in time. I call that the princess and the pea syndrome. You know, what's bothering me? I have all these mattresses on top, and it's way back from when we were three, four, ten. Yeah, it's it, it's really incredible. And then when you clear those things out and you're able to communicate, I mean, that's the big other part of that is the communication, that she was able to tell you her feelings and sit down and have a grown-up conversation. Right, by showing, you know, and, and really teach me something because – I've held on to that. And I'll ask kids now, what should I tell other kids about their feelings? And they'll tell me profound things. One little girl said, I, I'll, I'll say that there's this pretend boy. I don't have anyone in mind. I'll say, what should I tell this boy I know who isn't talking about his feelings? What should I tell him? And a little girl once said, tell him to let the feelings out so he has more love. You know, they just get it. Well, because they still know love, man. You know, yeah, that, so that, that's the really magic part. And I'm going to, you know, put this out sort of around fe- uh, in February, around the, the month of love, right? It, you oh, know, there it, you go. It, it's, but the understanding of love is unconditional love. Uh, mm. Like people will ask me, you know, you, you send gifts to people and, 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 you know, they might not even like you. I'm like, okay, but I feel love towards, me, towards them. I'm not asking for even a thank you. It's, you know, love is a, to me is an oh, energy. Beautiful. Yeah, it's an energy. Well, that's just, it is energy, David, and that's beautiful. You do that because you grow your own heart when you do that. You, you grow your own capacity. It's nothing to do with, well, it's something you hope to affect the other person in a positive way, but it grows your heart to act on that inspiration and that love and that tenderness. Yeah, I, I remember one time I was in a going through a real personal challenge. I was in Seattle. I was, I was on a business trip and I bought, you know, I don't know if you've ever been to Seattle, but by the, at, yeah. Okay. At, at the, into the wharf. Yeah. Right. At, at the wharf. Yeah. So not only do they throw the fish, that's where most people, you know, uh, see, see it if you've not been there, but they also have the most amazing flowers that you ever met. The farmer's markets. Yep. Oh, love it. So and I, everywhere. So I was there one morning and I'm like, I'm there very early in the morning because I wake up, you know, East Coast time. I, I live on the East Coast and, you know, it gives me an extra three hours of, you know, <laughs> what do I do when, 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 I, when you wake up? 
and I walked out and I bought flowers. And I walked, it was very interesting because I walked around and tried to give away the flowers. Just a, a small bouquet. Oh. I, I wasn't asking, you know, and a few people walked away and like were scared. And then one person took it and I just kept on walking. I didn't even see if they looked back at me or anything. And but people's faces of fear. And I'm like, that's just flowers. If, if we can't talk about flowers and just giving, because it always giving the magic part, as you Without said. Without a hook. Yeah, the magic part about flowers or anything, giving, is it does expand you. It makes you feel better if you're giving it from your heart with no expectations. And that's you know one of my definitions of unconditional love. Yes, and my definition for parents is if you talk about the feelings when you're offering a consequence, like, okay, I want you to sit here and think about this, or I want you to take a break, or whatever they're teaching consequence might be when you label the feelings that's the unconditional love it's okay to be angry i just don't want you to whatever they did push the chair kick kick something whatever they might have done that the parent says okay there needs to be a consequence the emotional language is the unconditional love talk about that with kids i still love you and repair afterwards i was frustrated with you but I still love you. I want you to learn these things. I don't want you jumping on the sofa, whatever it might be, you know, and there's a reason for it. It's because I love you and I want you to learn. So when we talk about the feelings and there's only five basics, happy, mad, sad, scared, and love. If you stick to the five, you won't get lost. Nobody, and they won't <laughs> get lost, you know? Yeah. Keep it simple. Uh, keep it's it simple. great. And that's what I, I always talk about, like recalibration. I use a lot of R's so just to let you know. But recalibration is much like that conversation that you had earlier today with your husband where he w- he did purposely try to upset you and then but you were able to say this upsets me and why and then you're able to understand it. I mean I've always used the the easy explanation of taking out the garbage. You know, you know some of us might be nagged or you know suggested to take out the garbage several times. Don't get me wrong, um, <laughs> but is this personal experience? Yeah, uh, no, not not at all. Um, but but what what they're really saying? If you said it differently, and that's where I've said, if you said I would love to have a clean house and the garbage is is full, could you remove it? That becomes a different conversation than don't you get up off that couch and, and go get it? Um, you know that whole. I, you know, peace. And I've worked with couples like you know, having conversations like that. And they're like, yeah, that, but that's what I meant. I'm like, okay, but if that's not what you said, what you meant doesn't come across either. Right, right. And I started with, oh, don't do it on the counter or put something under it when I really meant, I really don't want to have messy projects in the kitchen mm-hmm. on the counter. It, it's so nice to have a clean house and it gives me so much peace of mind. My husband doesn't care. He could, you know, do a project anywhere. He'd be fine with that. So he wouldn't have thought that. So what else brings you peace? You've used peace a couple of times. And, of course, this Um, is called peace and love. So what are some of the things that bring mm -hmm. you peace? Well, I'm drinking my jasmine tea. I love my jasmine tea ritual. I think rituals, there's another R word for you, are, are great peace bringers in a small way. But really recognizing that nothing outside of us is in charge of us is a a peaceful way to live because nobody does it to us, but things that happen trigger things in us. So when we can explore that and see that as an adventure rather than a chore, 
that's really a peaceful way to live. And what I do brings me peace because I love knowing that children can have some language and skills when they're young rather than waiting to uncover all those peas under the mattress when they're older. So I have a lot of gratitude for the kind of work that I do, um, which is clinical work right now, as well as teaching. And I do things, something called reflective consultation with other mental health providers to help them learn how to work with young children. But really passing on is uh, of a peaceful activity. And I meditate. I love meditating. My husband's even done it with me. So uh, we'll just really take time, whether you call it meditation or for him, it's sometimes going out hunting, finding your silent, peaceful center, whatever helps you do that is a great way to live because you get rid of all the clutter in your mind and you just remember that the aliveness around us is always there. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Uh, you know, uh, that, that's awesome. And, and and I really appreciated that you shared uh, that your husband could find it in a different way just by hunting, just by walking in the woods and, and doing what he he loves. And that's one of the things that I always talk about is I can't tell you what your resources are. I can't tell you. I can tell you what brings Uncle Dave the the peace and happiness and what joy comes to me, but I can't tell you what brings joy to you, and that's the hardest part. And do you find that uh, both in your life and what you've seen that sometimes people can't identify what brings them that peace and joy? Yeah, I think it's so easy to get caught up in the outside world uh, that people often identify peace as the outside thing you know like for me the tea it's really not about the tea although I love the smell and everything but it's about the moment it's the moment of enjoying the smell and the teacup and the the taste so when we sort of focus on with kids it's where do you where do you feel your your emotions inside your body is a really good question rather than you might point to a poster of another child feeling angry and that can help a little bit. But once you help a child or an adult identify, you know, anger might feel kind of hot or tight. Once you start to identify that in your body and identify a peaceful feeling when you're doing something, riding a bike or walking in the woods, you start to then realize it's inside of us. Yeah, no, that's the really powerful part is once you identify and recognize in your own body where certain feelings feel, you know, lay like for me, stress. And for a lot of people, stress relies, you know, lays on on your shoulders. You feel it on your shoulders. And, you know, when I, when I get really stressed, I start noticing all the, you know, stress of of the shoulders. And, you know, I make sure that I keep my practices, uh, my mental health practices, as well as, you know, my physical practices to make sure the energy flows properly. What are some, oh, th- so you, so you yeah, said you meditate. Good point, because you can find peacefulness through doing the physical practices, yoga or exercise or walking and, and realize then that internally you feel good, or you can go through meditation and do it on purpose. But yeah, to suddenly have that experience of peace is precious. I'm glad you brought up that whole body awareness, because I did not ignore the grown-ups when I developed the tools and products. I have a, a downloadable audio CD for 
the grown-ups to listen to to help identify a peaceful feeling in their body as well as stress and then work with the peaceful feeling to override the stress if they choose to do like a visualization process so it's really really is about everything stored in our body yep yeah the uh, which is great that's what makes us so magical of beings not only our memories right we're not like cats and dogs they they're trained uh, but they would—they don't remember if you said no. They just know why you—you know—that oh, I, I got you know mommy or daddy uh, wrong, you know, a- angry, versus a memory of oh, I remember the good, happy feeling. Other than you know, other than that, you're here, right? That—that's mm-hmm. that, that's their feeling, or at least for dogs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have a puppy, so I'm smiling because. You know, he's learning quickly, you know, what he can chew and what he can't. And he has this cute way of looking for us. Like when he picks something up, he looks out of the corner of his eye like, is this an approved item? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I got a puppy uh, late last year and still working with her uh, about it. But you can see, but they're all about love. And mm-hmm. we'll talk about that unlimited and your heart grows. How could your heart not grow more just by receiving that love? And really, it's it's unconditional, pure love. We'll be back in a moment. This is John. And Mark Cronin from John's Crazy Socks. And we're interrupting to say, we hope you're enjoying this episode, but please, Make sure to check out our show, The Spreading Happiness Podcast, another great show produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. New episodes are available every week on all your favorite podcast platforms. Join us on our new podcast as we continue our mission, Spreading Happiness. Thank you, folks. Mm-hmm. Now, but we all talk about the... the, the Peace and love. That we could t- probably talk about that all day long, but yeah. what's a bring a bat moment for you? And again, yeah. making sure that you understand because I do come from New York, it's not about the violence. It's all about really the non-negotiables and boundaries that make you as strong as you could possibly be. Okay, so I might bring a uh, piece of chalk. You know where I draw the line. Um, those, yes, I think when you really have a good understanding of your best feelings, your Mm -hmm. peaceful feelings, and you protect or want to grow those peaceful feelings, that's a great uh, rudder, so to speak, Mm -hmm. of the sailboat. You know, it's great rudder to use. And when I've been in relationships, for instance, some long-term relationships where I would realize that my peaceful days were less than my uh, stressed days. Mm -hmm. And again, it's not about the other person, but whatever their values and choices were, they were not peaceful for me. So rather than talking about their choices, it's like, wow, our values are not matching. And this stresses me. I have an ex who used to get so upset when the neighbor would, uh, mow part of our lawn we have great neighbors here and i'm in the same house now that we were in together and 
my interpretation was what a nice guy. We have great neighbors. He's just doing that because it's convenient from his line. And, and my, uh, my ex would get really offended by this. So, you know, at first I would say, well, I don't see it that way and hope that he would maybe consider another point of view. But when it really was consistently that negative point of view, it just wasn't a peaceful way to live for me. So I had to draw the line. Yep. No, that's, you had to bring him back uh, and, you know, mm-hmm. know what your boundaries are. Yeah, no, that, that that's excellent because I, I know that's part of the challenge of, of everybody. You know, I, I mean, even, they, they, you know, there's the old saying uh, in Eastern philosophy, you know, even Buddha gets angry if a mosquito, you know, lands on him. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, but you know, it, it's it's one of those things is is understanding what's right for you, and what's right for you might not be right for somebody else. But everybody gets to create those own boundaries. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, not only have you created a, a bunch of boundaries and, and things like that, what would you suggest to somebody who's actually going through a situation where they might need to? Find resources. I mean, you, you sounds like you have a lot of resources, mm. both for children and, and, and adults. What's, mm. uh, what's one set of resources that you might use besides, uh, I heard you say meditation. Okay. Well, I think I'd go back a little further and just say safety is always first. So whatever anybody's going through, think about physical and emotional safety first. And if there's a way that the person is not feeling safe, that would be the priority number one. You're valuable. You're important out there. If you're not feeling safe, find a safe person to talk to. Um, Find a crisis line if you feel emotionally safe inside yourself and you have unsafe thoughts about hurting yourself or uh, you don't understand why your thinking is kind of at a low point that there are resources out there. I wish I had uh, looked up a couple national ones, David. Um, you know, at, at the hospital system where I work, there's a, a crisis line that people can call. So I would say that's number one. Going from there, if, if you're feeling pretty safe, then find always a good relationship, a friend, a minister, a relative who who just listens to your feelings and isn't too quick to jump to advice because the decision is yours, listener. You know, what are you going to do with the situation in the end is yours. So you want people who give you sparing advice or advice when you ask for it, but who really let you sort out your feelings, just like that five-year-old talked about the emotion sandwich we all need someone to talk to to sort some of that out. So that, I think, is the key, is, is really to have one or two people you can do that with. Then on your own, have some routine where you do have a break from whatever the stress is to just feel some peace, whether it's taking a hot bath or a five-mile run. Yeah, no, so, uh, that, that's what you have to do. You have to make sure that's part of the, the bring a bad peace in, in my life is making sure I make time for my meditation. You know, a lot of people go, oh, I don't have time. And the great thing is you can meditate anywhere. It doesn't, it doesn't have to be sitting on top of a mountain with your eyes closed <laughs> right. and your legs crossed. Uh, I've, I've shown people methods. that You could be sitting in traffic. Again, eyes open there, but you definitely want to 
you know, enjoy the enjoy the traffic. Not saying that it, you want that traffic, but to accept that this is where you're at. You you can't yeah. always change situations uh, so easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a mindfulness book. I can't remember the name of it that I read some years ago, and two friends were talking, and the one friend was lamenting his free time because he had young children, and the other friend was saying. Well, maybe your free time is with your children now. You know, how do you find that moment or that peacefulness in the current circumstances, whether it's five minutes or an hour, it doesn't have to look a certain way. It could be, you know, reading a, uh, we have in our bathroom, we keep little books on plants and birds. So you can be in the bathroom for an extra five minutes and read a meditation book or a little book on birds and, you know, come out feeling refreshed. So I guess the real thing we're probably saying, isn't it, David, is pay attention to yourselves. Well, that's the most important thing is to pay attention yeah. to yourself. And yeah. and I, I also say sometimes you have to unlearn some of the things that you do. Is there anything that you might have unlearned uh, as you yeah. over, the, over the course? Yeah, I, yeah. It's such a good question, isn't it? Like unlearning something that really was needed. You know, I see this with kids too. They, they're all wound up or they um, don't listen very well. Well, you know, some of these things are diagnosable conditions, but some of these are just coping skills. So when I was a child, I grew up in a home where uh, there was alcoholism. My father drank. He's sober to this day and alive and well. So I'm grateful for that. But that happened uh, when I was an adult. So as a child, you know, there was a lot of unpredictability that comes with the territory. So I learned to be very observant and quiet. So I really had to unlearn the quiet to speak up. As you say, bring a bat. I say, draw your chalk, draw your line in the sand. Because if you grow up just accepting, and children have to, they, they can't, they're not going to leave a situation. They're there in the family. So we, ad- we adapt as children. Uh, and then as adults, we can unlearn some of those things. But, yeah, it's a really good point. How do you unlearn the things that they really helped you at the time? Yeah. Now, you mentioned uh, birds, uh, both uh, reading books and that you enjoy birds. And, and I know you support a bunch of charities, uh, wildlife charities. And oh, obviously yeah. we talk a little bit about the phoenix uh, here. So uh, <laughs> what are your favorite charities or, or, or birds? Well, together – Pheasants Forever is my husband's favorite. As as a hunter, he also is very aware that you can't have hunting if you don't protect the wildlife. So, you know, I guess when you think of charities, protect the things you love, whatever that might be. And for me, um, my resources, time and money would go to early childhood uh, organizations, whether it's in Minnesota, we have the Minnesota Association for the Education of Young Children and uh, related charities or like the Shriners hospital that's you'll often Mm -hmm. see the ads on TV. Like that's me. That's my passion. So, uh, you know, I'm sort of of the same philosophy with charities is give where you love. That's awesome. Um, And actually, aren't you speaking at a a conference uh, shortly? Yep. Coming up in March, March 3rd and 4th. Can't remember the actual date I'm speaking. It's a virtual conference. I almost said concert. Um, I play a little well, it's, a mu- it's a musical world. <laughs> it's a musical world. Um, so that is 
it, it's called MINACI. It stands for the Minnesota Association for the Education of Young Children, and it's geared towards preschool teachers. So I'm going to be talking about the five R's. It's called Take Five, but it's really practical steps when working with young children. I have to give credit to all preschool teachers. Yay, all of you out there, you're working with 20, 30 kids at a time. And all of those emotions uh, sparking off all the time and and they're learning as they go. So it's pretty amazing what preschool teachers do. And I'm just going to help add to their toolbox. That's awesome. And uh, so since you said it's the five R's, I'm going to need to ask you because I do mention not only are we going to tie in the heart, uh, because heart and earth are the same letters, just rearranged okay. differently. But there's always an R in your heart. So hmm. I would love to know either about your five R's or what's your favorite R, if that's possible. Oh, okay. Well, I'll, I'll share some of the R's, but it, it's like any easy way to remember to relate, relax, repair when you blow it. I have an old mentor from the University of Minnesota, a postgraduate program, who used to say, oops, oh, well. Like, you're not always going to do it the way you wish you'd done it. So I, I call that repair. You know, go back and repair. If you had an oops, oh, well, go back and say, you know, I really meant this or I wish I hadn't done that. Let's try it again. So for preschool teachers, I want them because they're, you know, in the moment, on the fly. They need something they can grasp. Like, where do I go to right now? Is this a moment to relax? Is this a moment to reflect on? In their case, it's going to be. What does this behavior mean about development? What does it mean about a child's experience? What does it mean for them? Are they having a day where they're particularly stressed before they even got to work? So relax, reflect, repair, relate. Do it relationally. We're going to do this together, young child. You're not alone in this instead of, you know, I need you to do that. Add more we language. So so relate, repair, relax. And I don't know, under pressure, if I can remember the fifth one. But it's along well, those lines. And repeat, right? So one, one, repeat. Once you, yes, what, it is. What, it is repeat. What, once, repeat. Once, you got, once you got it all down, I mean, that's really what it is. I, what I, one of the things I always say to people is wash, you know, wash, wash, rinse, and repeat, right? That's what we keep doing. It's uh, unfortunately during this pandemic that we've learned that really well, but it's really the simple part of life. You know, We're creatures of habit. You know, clean, clean what needs to be cleaned, you know, re, you know, Resurrect in, in, in the in the phoenix metaphor, but then it keeps going. It's a pattern. Follow and trust the process. Yep. Now, so I'm really glad that you're, you're speaking, and that's we'll we'll make sure that this comes out before you're speaking, so that way it's a it's a lead in into that. And what else are some of the things that bring you peace and love in your life? Uh, well, you know, if I think of you know, just being alive, you know, the physical things, the thinking things, the feeling things, the relationship things. So, you know, peacefulness, really happiness comes from ensuring that I have some time with friends, uh, which has been tough for all of us, hasn't it? All of you out there, you know, that's a tough one. How do you do that? We, uh, some college friends and I would get together online, but, you know, really not often enough. So getting together with friends, for me, I have to get outside. And if it's summer, I, I need water, you know, on the water, in the water, I need some water. So it's unique to any of us. But I would say, you know, find your groove, the things that help your body feel good. You know, it's all about our bodies. 
and and stimulating our minds. How can everybody uh, contact you or get those beautiful? Like I, I, I was looking at the when you were making the sandwich, so I could see the video, and we might eventually release the the videos uh, of all the podcasts down the road. But I just need to have the bandwidth, truthfully. Um, okay. But they looked like amazing things, not only for children but for adults as well. Where can we reach reach you if we want to get more of your expertise or any of the items? Well, the best way to look and see is through the website, which is www.lovemyfeelings.com. Lovemyfeelings.com. Or email at the same address, info or amy at lovemyfeelings.com. Cookie cutters, a blanket, puppets, tools, toys, an audio CD. And I have a couple more things in the works that I can't quite talk about yet. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, you know, I, I know there's always things going on. And uh, like this like uh, th- this past week, uh, I've really have been pushing out. I have this T-shirt line, the R and Heart uh, T-shirt line, and we're putting in different R's. So rise, resilience, uh, respect, all these little pieces that I'm like, wow, okay, great. Uh, and it was the uh, company that I used uh, Long Island, I guess we'll do this. Long, Long Island uh, Press Works. <laughs> Long Island Press Works. <laughs> um, he put it out, and I didn't know he was putting it out. And I got so much feedback, and I started getting calls from friends. Dude, I need a shirt. I need a shirt. So uh, it, hopefully, we'll start seeing people all over the world wearing with their, those R's. Their R's, and, and give them that time to think. You know, again, that that pause, and that's what it really is. A time, as you said, relax and reflect and you know, doing that. Now, we're, we're, I know we've used a lot of your time. Is there any sort of gems or, or what I always say, the seeds that you'd like to plant and mm. we'll see which ones grow and which ones resonate? With- I don't know. I think parents put so much pressure on themselves. Um, I would just say trust that as you teach, you can learn. No matter where you are in your feelings of satisfaction and confidence as a parent, um, that would be one. Don't be too hard on yourself, but reach out. Continue to learn because there's always more. And for children, I would say remember that a child who feels like hitting only has one choice. A child who feels angry, meaning they've learned those five basic feelings, can make choices. So help. emotions are not just just kind of sitting there they're like the powerhouse they're the gasoline for the car so learn about them teach about them so that's that's really there's brain science on the importance of emotions that we didn't really get into today but it's really not a small thing to teach a child to label emotions it's a scientific developmental stage that increases iq and does all kinds of wonderful things yeah well, hey, so I actually, maybe I'll try to cut it out a little bit. So could you explain to us a little bit about the uh, brain science that you just were talking about? Oh, sure. Well, when, when babies are born, they got all these, I don't know how many, 16 or billion of neurons. But the pattern of those neurons, basically our, our social emotional map, is formed by how the parent and the baby interact. So when a parent's responding and it's like, oh, that's a hunger cry, that's a... Uh, change the diaper cry the parent is probably like i need sleep you know i'm sleep deprived and they're not thinking that they're doing something incredible for brain science but they are 
Because as they do that and they respond to that baby, that baby's little amygdala, which is the fear, fight, flight regulator in the middle of our brain, is getting kind of coded to be calm. You know, we've talked a lot about how to find your peace. Well, some of it is physiologically coded by the time we're 18 months old, by whatever was happening when we were a baby. So we either have to recalibrate it, as you've brought up, or we we got the we got the good deck of cards and we came out pretty calm. Um, so that's, that's, that's really profound when, when you're raising a baby that you're doing incredible things. So that's part of the brain science and children who um, manage or label emotions are shown to have more self-control and even a, a boost in IQ 10 points. So there's like 17% of children now with diagnosis, diagnosable mental health disorders and and that comes from a combination of a little physiology but a lot of experiential stress so mental health doesn't just it's not just automatically there there's developmental research from the university of minnesota that really demonstrates that mental health conditions are much more prevalent when children have a lot of stress in early childhood people might be aware of the adverse childhood experiences study or aces All of this is based on science and particularly the brain science of how, you know, we get kind of hardwired and we can certainly rewire some things. But it's great if you're out there doing it from the baby stage or infant stage or preschool toddler stage, you're doing incredibly important things, whether you're a teacher or parent. So I, I applaud you. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And one of the reasons why I, I want to talk about the science is because one of the things that I'm uh, certified in is called a, a process called havening, which is a psychosensory touch way of mo- modality that uh, heals and you works with the amygdala and how you re- are able to rewire or optimize your brain to react differently. And uh, I had found it about six years ago, and uh, you know it, it was really incredible. Because I personally experienced it. I'm not just a hair club mm-hmm. president. I'm, <laughs> I'm a member. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And that's it was powerful. That's one of the major shifts in my life and that I still use today when I feel, when I have a feeling, when I notice my body and the feelings that I have and they're less successful, less positive, then I know that there's something I need to work on. And uh, I make sure I, I spend time every day working on something. To make sure that that rinse and repeat you talked about. Yes, exactly. Yep. Retraining the brain. Exactly. Okay. Well, thank you so much for all of oh, your time. David, thank you. I love it, and we're gonna put up our, your link and, and everything uh, in, in our notes when when the episode. Good luck at the conference in March, and always, you know, reach out. Let's let's keep in touch because if I could support you in any way, I appreciate you very much for coming on the show. And for all the listeners, remember, peace and love, make sure that it enters into your life. And when you bring a bat, make sure you find your sweet spot and hit a home run. Have a Thank great day. Thank you, David. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios. Executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblock. Sound effects and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. 
Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Back. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at davidshemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just to chat, reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries, reach out to peacelovebringabat at lp516.com. Make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring it back for what you believe in. Namaste.